Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we're doing one of our very popular podcasts that we haven't done for a while, uh, but this is our favourite quotes that we live by, part three. Is it part three, Dan? Yes. Um, the last two that we've done were a really popular one, so we've we've re-gone through all of our books again, and now we've coming up with some good ones to um, to update it all. Yeah, we could probably do 10 episodes on this one, couldn't we? Yeah, it's just I don't know. I find quotes very therapeutic, very concise. I don't know. There's just something about them. I think uh, they're, very, they're very overused as well. But there are some gems in there, and you don't have to read the full book to find them. You can just have it in one sentence. I think that's why I like them. Yeah, yeah. They're very. It's a shortcut, isn't it? A shortcut to your psyche. Um, but yeah, I we we're always dropping quotes in this podcast. I think, aren't we? So it's uh, something that we do do. I think today we're going to try and actually say where these quotes come from as well because sometimes in other podcasts we just drop them in there we don't say where they come from and then we can't remember who they so we, yeah we can't remember so we'll try and do a better job at uh, finding yeah. the source <laughs> right shall i go first yeah all right this one's from just the other day so this is a relevant one so i'm a big fan of madonna and um god in the 80s madonna was the the person but she's always been like a good role model for women for I don't know gay rights she's always done like you know she does a lot of stuff does Madonna and she always has done and she's 64 years old now we haven't got to forget that but she is still trailblazing she's still relevant and you know she's such a good role model I think and anyway she's had all this surgery um and there is a lot of debate as to whether she's had um, butt implants put in and you know what she said uh, can't, she said something about being sovereignty of her own body and she doesn't give a fuck over who says what or what not to her because she said, I can't remember a time when we didn't have sovereignty over our own bodies, which is absolutely right. You can do and you can put into your body what you want and nobody else should have any opinion about, well, they can have an opinion about it, but it shouldn't affect you. Anyway, I love Madonna. So the other night she appeared at the VMAs and she had this leather outfit on and she looked amazing. I mean, she's had a lot of work done, like, on her face. But, you know, again, so what? And she did a big um, big film in the 1980s called Desperately Seeking Susan, which was, oh, it was fabulous, fabulous film. <laughs> anyway, she put on this thing on her Instagram page. Um, and at the VMAs, she was, I don't know whether she was presenting or singing, I don't know, I just saw all the photographs. And there was a photograph where she turned away from the audience and all she had on from the back was just just like a leotard kind of thing. And she had this massive butt. And it looked, I mean, to me, it looked amazing. Like, you know. And then she wrote on, desperately seeking no one's approval, love Madonna. And I just thought, good on you, girl, because everybody was coming off with opinions. Like, oh, she's had all this surgery and all this stuff. And she's 68, 64. She wants to start putting it away now. You know what? If you've got it, flaunt it. Why not? Yeah, I bet mainly the, the criticism she was getting was from 64-year-olds who don't look like her and wish, 
exactly. Like yeah. Or people who don't have the money to to look like her as well. But I mean, she looks amazing before she spent all that money on plastic surgery, and she does a heck of a lot. You know, she puts out her training programs and stuff, and she works at it. You know, so good on her, I say. Yeah, with health and fitness, it's one thing you can't just buy. You can, yeah, you might be able to get implants and things like that. But if you still don't work being fit and healthy, especially as you age, you'll be able to tell immediately. It doesn't take long for things to to go wrong. So yeah, yeah she might have had a lot of money, but and and a lot of help. But I very much doubt she got to where she is without working hard with, exactly. with regards to her career, her body, anything like that. So that kind of leads into a few quotes that I've got as well, which. They don't come from Madonna, but they're kind of along similar Long lines. lines. They're a bit more um, and like Swedish proverbs and things like that. So but, you're not like Madonna and <laughs> so yeah, like you said about Madonna, you will never be criticized from someone who is doing more than you. You will only be criticized from people doing less. So all the people who were given a grief the other night, I very much doubt it's people who have more money than her, who were older than her, but happy with their bodies. It's people who are probably jealous. And instead of making themselves feel better by working on their own flaws, they'd sooner just bring other people down. Exactly. It's so, so common, that, isn't it? Exactly. I know. It's so true as well, because like in business, you think like, you know, if you ever ask anybody who's higher up the chain, the business chain than you to help you, they'll help you. They'll give you advice. But, you know, it's, I remember when I first started out in business, I used to look at people who've been running their businesses for like as long as I have now and think, oh God, I'll never get to what they're doing and stuff. And, you know, you feel really like you've got imposter syndrome and all of this, not that I ever slagged anyone off, but, you know, people above the chain will help you. And it's always people who are lower down who criticize. It's always, always the way. Yeah. And I think with regards to business, I think most business owners, people with that entrepreneurial mindset, when they first go into that kind of um, into that world at the beginning, they probably have a, like a scarcity mindset where if they have a certain mm. tactic or business, it's, it's obviously very competitive. Initially, I think a lot of people suffer with, they don't want to help people because they think they're giving away their secrets. And if they help somebody mm. else, it's going to make them worse. But then from kind of uh, from the books I read and the people I follow, as soon as you become successful, you realize you go from that scarcity mindset to just realize how much abundance is out there. And by helping other people who you used to be like, it can only make your life better because you do appreciate how hard it is. And by helping someone else doesn't take away from you. It just upskills you and makes you feel better. So but I've got another quote similar while we talked about that Madonna thing from Eleanor Roosevelt. That's do what you feel to be right in your heart for you will be criticized anywhere. So it doesn't matter if you think you're making a decision for you or you feel as though you're making a decision for everyone else, you're still going to get criticised. So you might as well please yourself. Exactly. Everyone has opinions, don't they? It's just like, you know, some opinions you should air and are welcomed. Other opinions you really should just keep to yourself. Anybody else's opinion of you or me or anybody is not our business. I learned that a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know who this is from. You might know this. I know you've said this before, but there's a quote or a saying. It is, I am not what you think I am. You are what you think I am. So often mm. people's, when people have strong opinions, it's often they're projecting their own insecurities. It's a reflection of them, not who you are. If people get angry at people who are outspoken all the time and 
they have these strong opinions. Maybe it's because you don't quite like the fact that you don't speak your own opinion. So you'd rather get angry at someone else yeah. who's outspoken. It's We tend to project what we're most afraid of as well and what we don't like, but it's really what we don't like about ourselves. I think we said this one on the last podcast about uh, quotes, those who don't reflect project. So if you find yourself getting really outspoken all the time and it uh, heated debates, maybe a little bit of self-reflection is in order. Stop projecting and, and attacking other people. Just reflect on why you find that like why you don't like that and you might get to you might get to some sort of solution a lot quicker than attacking everyone good one god we're getting deep now i think it was voltaire who said that by the way uh see i knew you'd knew see we're all like um we're super bringing it bringing it to the podcast today aren't we like voltaire madonna um, madonna <laughs> <laughs> okay my next one i've gone from madonna to gandhi so kind of similar <laughs> just uh, identical yeah Breaking the mold, breaking the mold type of people. That's the kind of people I like. Um, you must be the change you wish to see in the world, Gandhi. That is such, oh God, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's very true because you kind of change the whole world. It's impossible. You can only change yourself. So if you just mm-hmm. change yourself, all of a sudden you'll probably start seeing the world in a better place for one. If you're happier and healthier, then even just a few people around you are going to be happier and healthier. And then if they can do that to their people and their people, then like it has to be like a legacy thing in my mind. Like you, mm. you're not gonna you're not gonna see massive change in the world in your lifetime. But if you do what you know to be right, maybe in ten generations there might be this kind of utopia, which I very much doubted. But there are some <laughs> people day. who yeah, there are some people who do leave like a huge legacy and you see big changes. But it's pretty rare. So why not just focus on yourself? And you, you just be yeah. the change. Yeah, and step off the rat race for a little while and just become the change you wish to see in the world and yeah it, it reflects out um a rising tide lifts all ships yeah that's a good one I, I do like that one as well again we, I often say this just by you being the change and doing what you think to be right what harm can it do really unless you've got some pretty messed up beliefs <laughs> I mean but there's there's no downside to to trying to make the world a better place is there no indeed indeed and also um, if you run a business, let's say, for example, like if you are living the life that you're projecting out there, then you can tell, can't you? Oh, you know? God, yeah. That's quite an easy one for us, being yeah. in the health and fitness industry, isn't it? But if we weren't being in it, if we weren't fit and healthy, we'd, would we look like we do? <laughs> yeah, your business wouldn't go at all, would it? So. Yeah, I know. So you can't like, you can't project out one thing, like say, yeah, live a healthy lifestyle if you're sat at home eating burgers all day and exactly yeah it's the same for any business if you had a, yeah. a card a, i don't know a garage or a car dealership and there was a rusty old three-wheel banger out the front <laughs> would you really want to go and <laughs> you get your car service there yeah yeah so yeah it's similar isn't it so that be the change so you have to become the change so i've got a, a similar one same as what you mentioned business mm. there's a lot of good business quotes out there and one that me and you have been listening to a guy um, called Alex Hormozy. We both bought his book. And mm-hmm. I think he's really good. So one of his sayings, really simple. It's not as very, it's not as kind of deep as Gandhi or anything like that. Or Madonna. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> he says um, with regards to business, and it, I think it it works in the, the world of health as well. Fancy fails with simple skills, which I think is true. So again, it's just kind of like the foundationals. So if it's a business, if you try and make some fancy new multifaceted business 
it's probably going to fail because there's too many moving parts. But if you just make it simple and just get really clear on your core message and your core product, you'll be able to scale that. So fancy fails, simple skills. And with health, if you try and have the best fitness program in the world, it's probably going to be overcomplicated. If you're a beginner, it's going to confuse you. You're not going to do it. If you just do something simple and you do it consistently, you're going to be able to scale that and get better results. Yeah. I always find that when we teach beginners and advanced people, like sometimes the simplest exercises are actually the hardest ones to do correctly. And, you know, like even just doing, say, I don't know, a rotation of the shoulder, like um, an arm circle, just doing that will make you feel so much better. You don't have to do a fancy program that, you know, doing compound exercises and pyramid training and all this fancy stuff. You don't just do circle your shoulders. You probably feel just as good. Yeah, I think with us being coaches, it probably comes down to us to try and it's difficult. You have to try and make the older, boring, but effective stuff <laughs> yeah. seem more appealing. It's kind of that whole tell them what they want, but give them what they need. Yeah. Most people need that, but they want to do the fancy stuff. So yeah. it, it's a it's a, a tricky one trying to package it in a in a new way, but really give them the really effective stuff, which has been around for the longest time. It's a, it's a funny one. Yeah. So you ready for the next one? Go for it. This is by Stephen King. Get busy living or get busy dying. Because if you ain't living, you're dying. Yeah, I went to see Darren Brown the other week and his whole show was based around not based around, but a bit of a theme. He's he, his father passed away earlier in the year, mm. and he, he was speaking about like what he was speaking about coming at the end of his life, and I think it was the ten biggest regrets of people on the on the deathbed type of thing. And mm-hmm. a lot of people say, "Oh, like I have too many regrets. I wish I just I wish I stopped trying to please other people. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't stick in that career for as long." And yeah, it's really common you hear that. Get busy living or get busy dying. You might as well. If you, you're only here for 70 years, why not just give it a go and do what you think is going to make you happy? I'm going to be like 110, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so many people are too busy just, I don't know, not living their lives. They they are dying inside, sleepwalking through it, not looking after their health. And yeah, you can see it all the time, can't you? Mm. Oh, it's so common. Sometimes when I go places, I was at Dalton Park and I was waiting outside a shop and I was like, it sounds harsh, but I was just looking around and there were so many people who were overweight to the point where you think you're so young, you just, you just, can you not see you're killing yourself? Mm. It's It was a bit scary actually to see that many people. And I don't know whether people are just, they're just not bothered or they think it's normal or they've been taught that this is just, this is okay. They don't know what to do to get out of it. I always yeah. I think it's one of our job, what is the word, you know, things that we do because we work in the industry that whenever I go out, I'm always getting wrong off my husband because I'm always going, I see so many people walking, like bad posture, walking difficulty. If you look at the amount of people who limp or have some walking problem, gait problems, it's mm-hmm. like, it's unreal. And you think, how? <laughs> I know how, but can you not do like there are things do people not realize that there are things that you can do for like that kind of stuff? And yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad that we've got to a situation. I mean, the NHS is amazing and we all love it in this country. But um, you know, I don't know whether we've just 
some people just rely on it too much or just expect that whole pill that medical thing that you know somebody can fix this yeah i think we've been taught that that's just normal but it's not normal it's common we've said that one before as well it's common Common, but not normal it's not normal to have structural issues and to be chronically overweight but it's sadly it's very it's very common very common yeah yeah and so if you're not living you're dying and since you've you've mentioned the kind of the nhs and the medical model i've got a few quotes which ring true into that that kind of um that theme mm-hmm. some people might find these kind of inflammatory but when you look into it it's just exactly what we've just been saying so whether you think that um yeah, like you said, the NHS is amazing. It's brilliant for kind of short-term injuries or and illnesses. Or an accident, yeah, if yeah, you have accident. But there's a, there's a saying that a patient cured is a customer lost because mm-hmm. we all know that long-term chronic diseases make big pharma a lot of money. And then when the likes of me and you have studied holistic health and then you meet a real true holistic health coach who works with people who the medical industry cannot fix, and you see the amount of detail that they go into to try and actually cure someone. And then you go to the doctor's office and you get an average of seven minutes. It kind of makes you realize the system's a bit broken, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because because that's the thing, though. It, it To truly heal, it takes time, a lot of time, years in some cases. Oh, and then Investigation, like real yeah. investigation, yeah. So it's not a quick fix. And a lot of people aren't, we've talked about that whole commitment to the thing. A lot of people want that quickly thing. And it's masking it with a drug as well, isn't it? Often. Yeah. And trouble is the drug often just masks the symptoms, but it makes people a lot of money. Mm. So once you get into it, it's a little bit scary. So like we talk about the foundation factors a lot and nutrition being a big one. Mm -hmm. So there's another saying or quote which is when diet is wrong medicine is of no use but when diet is correct medicine is of no need as well and that comes back to yeah like hippocrates was let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food if you go into the doctor and you're looking for a pill to cover up some some weird symptoms that you're having just look at what you're eating and drinking you literally are what you eat if you're eating shit and you're trying to take a pill to get rid of the the problem and you still keep eating crap all you're doing is making big pharma richer and making your health worse. Because mm-hmm. normally when you take that pill, it's probably going to have a side effect, which means you're going to have to take another pill. And then that's going to cause two side effects because it re- them two don't react well together. And it's like, but you're still eating crap. And now, but now you're taking 10 pills to allow yourself to eat crap. Yeah. Just, we've been taught that that's normal, but it's just, it's just silly. It just makes your health worse. Yeah. True. True, Dan. I was used to think like Stephen's dad and my mom, Used to be on so many different pills, like blood pressure pills, then diabetic pills, and then something else and something else. Who tests out all these pills, like mixing together? And you oh, in God, like yeah. your body, like what you're eating and what you're being exposed to on a daily basis in the atmosphere and your EMFs and all that kind of stuff. It's there's a lot of like if you do chemistry, you don't just mix one thing and another thing and not expect a reaction, do you? So I've got a bit of a a mad story from recently in my life. It wasn't me, but it was one of my friends I work with. He's, he had a bad ankle injury recently and he, um, he had to go to like urgent care and he got some um, codeine, which is it's like a very strong painkiller, isn't it? I don't know how many, what magnitude. It's stronger than paracetamol, but it's 
bloody strong, isn't it, according? Yeah. And he's a big guy as well. So, but he was in agony one night with his bad ankle and he'd, he hadn't slept the night before or something. So I think he took like twice the recommended dosage. Oh my God. But then he had like five or six pints as well. Mm-hmm. And he it just knocked him out like to the point where, well, he's the, he's the story. So he was on whatever four codeine tablets. So he was on a different planet and then he'd been drinking. Put the uh, gas cooker on the hob and to cook some food, I think had some boiled eggs in and then fell asleep. And the fire alarm went off. It didn't even wake him up, the smoke alarm. He woke up two and a half hours later to the fire brigade kicking the oh door in. Oh, my God. Yeah. So really? moral of the story being <laughs> you can you can mix things in your body, which are very serious, and you don't know what the effect's going to be. like. So that was just codeine and alcohol, but it knocked him out to the point where a smoke alarm wouldn't even wake him up. And yeah, took the fire brigade, bring the bloody front off, the hinges. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? It's like using your body as a test tube yeah. for all these experimental reactions uh, but <laughs> you, you were saying like, that again <laughs> no like your like your parents like my mom i remember going we had a, a full cupboard dedicated to all the medications she used to have and i just used to think i can't even pronounce all of these things what do they even do yeah i'll take this for that and this and then she got um she got ill one time when she was in hospital for a few days and she wasn't taking any any medication whatsoever because it was all at home and mm-hmm. She still survived. I was like, "Mom, does it not prove that you don't really need all these things?" So she stopped taking them. She just stopped because this is when I was getting into holistic health and stuff. I was like, "You're just taking them because you've been told to, and it's just become a habit." Mm-hmm. But what you realize now you won't drop dead if you don't take all these things. You're probably making you worse. Yeah. Your liver's yeah. probably so stressed trying to detoxify all those things. But again, like you said, people give their power over to people in white coats and think that they know best when sometimes intuitively you just think, is this actually right? Or am I just doing what I'm being told? Exactly. And then, yeah, it's just crazy. Like ask any of the healthiest people, like, you know, older people, how many medications they're on. And I bet there's very few of them are actually on anything. So, yeah, yeah, I know my dad, he's on whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only right. thing. That's his only form of medicine. Like, yeah. as a bad head, whiskey, medicinal purposes, obviously. But at least you get a few hours of relaxation and actually enjoying <laughs> the drink. Like, me, me and you aren't saying so we like we like drinking alcohol now and again. But at least when you're having a, a couple of glasses of wine, at least yeah, it's enjoyable at the time. But just yeah. taking a pill that it just doesn't seem enjoyable to me. No, no. So, so what we're saying there, Dan, drink instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take medicine, just become but an alcoholic. Alcohol will do, or drugs. <laughs> <laughs> CBD is yeah. always good as well. Right, is it my turn or your turn? Go on then, you can go. Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. Charles Swindon, not Charles from Swindon. Yeah, because people just, oh, don't you... Like, you know, like some people, when I used to work properly, when proper job, used to um, just love a drama. Like every day was a drama and everything would cause them. I remember once this girl I used to work with, who I hope she doesn't, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but she used to like be on loads of medications. And um, one day she forgot to take one or something. And uh, anyway, somebody had used the wrong cup and oh my god the whole trauma she ended up walking out of a job because somebody had used the wrong cup and it was like this massive drama about it we were just like fake sake man 
but some people just love all that drama don't they and it's just and then it causes upset like ripples out everywhere and it's like a bad atmosphere yeah so yeah on a, on a similar similar note there's i used to work in a different job and again a similar thing happened there was um like doing shift work so there'd be a day shift and a night shift and the, the day shift team had left some food in the, like the communal fridge and one of the night shift guys had, had eaten it but it was like kind <laughs> no. of by, mis- by mistake yeah he'd, uh-huh. he'd been told it was left over from like a whatever someone's birthday yeah and oh my god the eruption it caused hr were involved there was like a full-blown <laughs> like oh my investigation. god I know. Like, that was about three pound worth of cheese like <laughs> i'll buy it just to stop everyone these like grown men i know it's crazy sometimes and you think <laughs> what are you arguing over and it's uh, like you know what like i've been doing a lot of meditation and breath work and stuff lately and i'm already quite chilled out i would say most of the time like i don't react to these kind of things on the whole and yeah just don't react to stuff like take a breath take a couple of minutes out and just chill out and see what happens yeah and if something like genuinely distressing or or bad happens allow yourself a little bit of time to have some negative emotions like Mm -hmm. be annoyed be upset be angry be spiteful but don't let it last kind of just get out your system and do it pretty much in your own company as well do you need to then like blizzard it out to the whole world and let everyone know and then upset everybody else and then it's taking your own pain and just thinking this is uh, this isn't fair i'm gonna make everyone else feel bad as well it's it's childish mm-hmm. behavior so yeah have a have your, your five minutes of feeling sorry for yourself but then just get back to reality and think right this has happened you, you can't ever ever change the past you can only change how you react to it can't you yeah some people like there's a, a saying never waste a good crisis don't they so there's some like we were talking about business a lot during the pandemic. Some very good business owners just went, right, well, we can't change what the government's going to do. We'll just adapt. And the business just thrived. Yours did. Mm-hmm. Your business grew. Some people would have sat on the backside in a huff thinking, oh, well, I can't teach exercise in the studio anymore. And I can't, I'm not very good at technology. I'm not going to learn. But the people who did and they got through it and they just used it as an opportunity, grew the business. Yeah, the trigger was the same. That everyone suffered the same event, the, yeah. the pandemic, but just people reacted differently. It's the yeah. same for everything in life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I like that one. Stop reacting. Right. Don't get overreactive to things. Like, you know, I always think in five years' time, will be bothered? Will you remember this? Yeah, that's that's a good way to think about it, isn't it? Yeah, did that somebody said something to you on social media? It's the only mm. social media nowadays, isn't it? I'll defriend you. No. <laughs> go and do one please do i care <laughs> i know <laughs> that's often worth thinking about as well like even if you just go back to like a couple of generations ago people were bloody fighting in world wars and now we're worried about unfriending somebody unfriending someone or fucking keyboard warriors it's just uh, sad isn't it yeah block 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 can't be asked yeah. get out of my life <laughs> so I've got two more. And they're a bit they're a bit deeper than social media. <laughs> um, so this is a Swedish proverb, and it is he who buys what he does not need steals from himself. Like it. Good one. For some reason that just stuck with me. I really like it. It's that kind of we do get into this consumerism kind of culture. Which, yeah, which we which we're never gonna totally get out of. There's nice things to buy and 
we get tempted by marketing and we like buying things that we that we like but it's when you buy stuff which you don't need you're just taking up mental energy obviously you're spending money shoes or handbag or do you really need it? <laughs> you sound yeah. like my husband. Do you need another pair of shoes? Yes, I do need them. Yeah, then then you sit in the cupboard for a year and a half and you forget you even have them. Yeah, okay. But then, the, yeah, um, I understand that one. I totally get it. But sometimes you need to buy something like retail therapy. It's good for you. Yeah, it's it probably it's probably more of a long-term one when you just you buy things to cover up like, deeper issues. Do you pain. Know yeah, yes. cover up pain, yeah. There's an interesting one off, off the top of my head. There was um, it's like a marketing quote. Well, it's not a quote. It's like a, I think it was the the head of marketing at L'Oreal or something like that, or some makeup company. And it was like we don't sell makeup, we sell hope. And that's true, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's yeah. what any business, isn't it? Yeah. Like fitness industry, we don't sell exercise. We sell the hope that you're going to have the amazing figure and yeah. live an amazing life. Yeah, uh, I found that I find that quite interesting. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Okay, I've got two more. Right, go on. Then. No one else can make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt, do not let someone take your sovereignty. Very good, yeah. Other people's opinions of us are not our business. I yeah. don't care. I think learning to let other people's opinions just bounce off you is a bit of a superpower. And it comes with... Experience. Yeah, you have you have to go through a bit of fire as well and a few debates and you have to grow into an adult and kind of learn who you really are and what you believe in, get true on your values. And then mm-hmm. it's easier to deflect those things. Yeah. I, I when you first start out, like I remember first starting out thinking, God, what am I gonna do if I put that thing on Facebook? And like you get really other people's opinions really matter to you. And now I don't care. <laughs> Yeah. it's not that i don't care it's that they don't bother me in oh, the way yeah. that they used to be yeah and and if anything it just strengthens it strengthens the beliefs of kind of your tribe of people who, yeah who have the same values as you so those are the ones you're speaking to you're not trying to mm-hmm. piss off other people you just speak in the language that and you can't please everybody all the time anyway oh, so like a lot of business is actually deflecting people away from you who aren't your type of people yeah, exactly. Just, you have to learn that by experience because when you first start out, you'd like trying to please everybody, do everything, be everything for everyone. And then in the end, you realize that, ah, I don't care. Like, you know, you can't be that to everyone. Now, with, with regards to business and marketing and things like that, you can you can put lots of information out there, tell, like, tell people who you are and what type of customer you're trying to attract. This is who will get the benefits from. Uh, from like a program or something but sometimes it's easy to just say who the program isn't for this is what <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm not interested in any men being on this program i'm not interested <laughs> in people who who want to do running tell people what you're not about really so they can uh, say oh well then then at least people who come to your page or they say well that's not really me so then why waste your time on there you know what i mean but like you said if you try and please everyone then eventually you're going to get mixed messages from a business or someone, and then, you, then you're going to get pissed off eventually. Mm. But if you've told them what you're not about, <laughs> then yeah, I'm not about like skinny coffees or you know quick fix things. Yeah. Then. So you're probably yeah. not going to get into many debates because you're not putting that message out there that these things are good. Yeah. Good. Have you got any more? Yeah, my final one is mm-hmm. by Hubert Reeves, whoever he was. <laughs> 
man is the most insane species. He worships an invisible God and destroys a visible nature, unaware that this nature he is destroying is actually the God which he's worshipping. Ah, oh, love it. Whoever he is, you've got to find out who he is because I like him. <laughs> he sounds intelligent, doesn't he? Sounds like our kind of guy, doesn't he? <laughs> with, a name like, with a name like Hubert, I mean, you can say anything and sound Hubert. intelligent. Yeah, no, that is good. Because we do, man. Oh, that's all I've got to say to that. But yeah, it does pee me off a lot. Yeah, nature is... If anyone's ever struggling in life or anything, or has, have you ever been stressed and you've just gone out in nature, walked the dog, or just been down by a river, or just got some fresh air, even something simple as just getting a few breaths of fresh air, it just resets your nervous system, makes you feel a little bit better, a little bit more appreciative. And it's so simple and it's all around us, yet we just take it for granted. We stay indoors all day. We destroy the planet with bloody toxic fumes. And, and when it's gone, you kind of get it back. No. Nope. And no. that's often often the thing when you're stressed, you crave it and it's right there. But we, we've put ourselves in these concrete jungles and, and that's not going to go away. We can't all go and live in a commune in the middle of, you know, the woods somewhere and be happy hippies. That's not reality, but yet nature is a, is, it's a big cure for people and we should. We, it's it's it. definitely underappreciated, yeah. When I'm a, like a billionaire, Dan, what I'm going to do is just buy big swathes of land and rewild it but maybe just build communes in there like in pods or maybe we should just take all the idiots and just put them in a commune somewhere and just have the uh, <laughs> this current world <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe make all the people who make the decisions maybe we can pay for them to go into nature and like kind of figure out what life's about and then when they come back they can actually make some good changes no maybe that would be a good idea like all this stuff oh, like, I, know, I know we don't get political but it pisses me off all the time that they're going on it again the rhetoric's ramping up again about winter lockdowns blah 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 and it's just like they're constantly there like just nipping at your ankles aren't you just trying to get back to life get back to normal and then there's in the background right so now i can't even remember why i was going to tell you this <laughs> Oh, yeah. But not once have they said, like, right, this is what you can do in the winter, right? Make sure you take your vitamin D supplements, get outside as much as you can in the fresh air, eat healthy foods, make sure you get enough sleep because that's the best thing for your immune system. Not, we're going to lock down, there's going to be vaccine passport. Blah, blah, fuck all of that stuff. Just get yourself in outside and just get some nature. Yeah, what what'll happen next is they'll start, uh, make people wear masks outside. That's what, but that's when you know the end is coming when you start wearing people have to wear masks. What's with the mask on? Outside. I, I'm going to send uh. dogs on them the next time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very friendly commune out in the woods. <laughs> Release the hounds. Yeah, but they are Labrador, so they'll probably just like lick them to death. Oh, lick them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, please do not wear your mask up the woods. There's nobody there. It's fresh air. Away, man. It can only serve to make it worse. <laughs> Those kind of people would be going in my commune, this the stupid person commune. Yeah. I mean, that's how disconnected some people are from nature when you wear a, a mask in the woods by yourself. That's, I mean, <laughs> God. The trees, the trees <laughs> spread coronavirus now <laughs> these days. Rabbits, birds. Well, you might get a bad dose of myxomatosis. <laughs> <laughs> God, man. So anyway, so that that kind of stupidity is going in my stupid commune. Then we'll have a different commune on the other side for 
Anyway, that's when I'm a billionaire. For the awakened folk. There's a I've heard a good theory before where instead of you should just take all the political leaders and the richest people in the world and just give them a big dose of LSD. And then something that that could literally cure a lot of the world's problems. Yeah, if you, yeah. If you go to a different dimension and you realize, you know, we live on this planet, stop trying to go to other planets. Why don't we save this planet first with all the money and the resources? There's a really good thing on uh, Facebook I saw the other day. Instead of billionaires shooting off into places where they've never been, like space, why do you send them to the tax office? <laughs> yeah. Well, Russell Brand talked about that. He was talking about, um, uh, what's the guy from Virgin? Uh, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. He, he was on the news, like he's done, he's went into orbit and he was given this obviously very well scripted speech about inspiring the younger generations. And Russell Brand was like, yeah, brilliant. I appreciate your endeavors to get into space. He says, but pay your taxes. <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> like, I'm, all, I'm all for people like making themselves better. And normally the harder you work, the better your business does. And he's made a lot of money. But it doesn't mean we all pay taxes and you don't. And that's all I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just, yeah, crazy. Crazy. So, yeah, so when we're billionaires, that's what we're going to do. The, the commune. Some... Commune for the idiots. Commune for the awakened. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope we don't get them mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very well labelled. Yeah, you've got to try, and then maybe we'll have a middle commune for when you're transitioning either up or down. A rainbow bridge, that's what we need. <laughs> right, my last one um, is a, another Roosevelt one, but this time Teddy Roosevelt. Do what you can with what you have where you are. Because so many people get stopped by, oh, I need to know this. And I've been, oh, God, you know, I love a course. And um, I think, oh, I'll just learn this before I put that out. But really, I could have just put it out and I'll probably know more than like 99% of the population about the subject. But then I think, oh, I'll do something else. And then, yeah, so do what you can with what you have where you are. 100% that. You said about the whole course thing. I've done that as well. It's just a form of procrastination, really. You just tell yourself you're going to get better by doing a course. But normally, you know the thing. You say, if it's starting a business, just starting the business. You'll just learn more than any business yeah, course, Yeah, you'll really. learn more while you're doing it, don't you? So Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll suffer the the downside, the stress, and the all the negative things. But that's where the growth is. A business course yeah. cannot, cannot teach you those emotional feelings. Yeah, just like you can't learn boxing without being in a ring. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the best analogy, isn't it? You, um, you can't you can't learn learn to swim on the living room floor by reading a textbook. <laughs> you have to get in the water. <laughs> um, I was just just as an aside, I started a new course this week. <laughs> I love a course, mate, and it's a breathwork course. It's four hundred hours. I don't, uh, God, I, I don't know. I didn't realize it was like as big, a, like in depth as courses what I've done. But it's really good, actually. It's going to be really good. And I'm going to be a breath-working extraordinaire by the time I'm finished. But I was listening to this really interesting podcast the other day with Russell Brand and Michael Pollan, who wrote In Defense of Food, and he does a lot of plant stuff. And um, this will interest you, Dan, when I'm getting around to. He said that LSD, the activation points in the brain that are activated on LSD, are the same points that are activated after 15 minutes of breathwork. Oh well, he he wrote a book on psychedelics, didn't he? He did, yes. Recently, yeah, that's his his latest book. His he, latest thing. he was on he was on Joe Rogan. He's an interesting guy, isn't he? He was saying interestingly that like evolution, when we've done big steps of evolution, they can be um, translated back to when 
certain drugs came into, like, for example, the 1980s was kind of like, whoa, bang or bust. And he said that was fueled by cocaine because it allowed people to um, stay awake for longer and do all these, like, you know, these big deals that they lost their sense of kind of, you know, the constraints that were around them because they were being fueled by cocaine, similarly to the 1960s and the LSD and the hippie movement and the whole kind of, you know, all of that thing. He was saying that, you know, SSRIs that are used for um, depression and anxiety and those kind of drugs. This is the work in very few people. Like LSD and stuff has got had better results than all of those kind of things, but obviously it became an illegal drug. So Yeah, well, again, because it, it flies in the face of big pharma. Yeah. Why would, why would um, obviously there's been many studies done on like marijuana and things like ayahuasca for curing heroin addicts and curing depression, things like that. But it's actually made illegal because mm-hmm. if if one ayahuasca, ayahuasca ceremony can cure your depression for life. Then you're not on drugs for life. <laughs> you're not on drugs for 50 years. Why the hell is it as a business proposition? If you can pay lawmakers to make it illegal and you're going to get repeat business off millions of people 50 years, it's a pretty good business opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's oh. the world we live in. Well, I'm going to do some conscious connected breath work with you all for 15 minutes and we'll all be flying high. Yeah, Wim Hof, obviously the Wim Hof method, 15 minutes of of um, the Wim Hof method, like breathing. It can, I have done it and it puts you in a different reality sometimes. Honestly, the, yeah. the, the more you do it, you, you wouldn't believe just the power of the breath. And this is not something new. I mean, it's been packaged these days as courses and Wim Hof. Is it Michael Ness, Nestor? Is it Michael Nestor, the guy? James Nestor. James Nestor, sorry, yeah. They're just kind of, they're just reimagining an old techniques, mm-hmm. really. Um, Tumnu, uh, Tumnu, isn't it? The Buddhist form of yeah, raising yeah. body temperature, what Wim Hof does now. Yeah, and people might say, oh, well, it's it's just the Tumnu breathing. It's like, well, exactly. That's, that means it's good. If it's been around for 10,000 years, it's probably yeah, exactly. pretty well tested with regards to the psychedelics like Michael Pollan talks about. The, the human body contains... DMT, dimethyltryptamine. Yeah, you can you can get it kind of exogenously. Like you can get it from plants and things like that. But as a human, the two biggest places in your body are the pineal gland and the lungs. So if you can get your lungs opened up when you get into these deep states of breathing, you can start secreting DMT and have these magical experiences and almost out of body experiences. So and it'll do more for you than any bloody SSRIs in a, exactly. in a lifetime. So. There you go. So once I become a conscious, connected breath worker, woo, you can teach that on the commune. I'll be, yeah, <laughs> I'll be in the commune. <laughs> <laughs> we'll t- we'll do that every day. Conscious, connected breath work, and it's going to be like whoosh. I'm loving it actually. It's changed my perspective. Mm, just a bit of breathing, isn't it? Funny though, as well. We talk about the six foundation factors all the time, and then you can really get into one of them deeply and it like changes your opens up this whole new <laughs> yeah, yeah and it was because we did the foundation thing that i actually got into the whole breathwork thing and started doing all of that uh I'll podcast on the foundation principles because then i read jim Nestor's book and then i did all that stuff with lee and he said you need to breathe then i did some stuff with warren and he said you need to breathe all these different people telling us i needed to breathe mm. and then i joined a business group randomly met a breathworker coach Joined her thing, and then she said, oh, I'm going to teach this as a facilitator. Do you want to come? Bizarre. 
the universe was definitely telling you something there, wasn't I it? I feel like I'm on the path. This is what I was meant to do, guys. Breath. Breath is life. It is. Right, cool. Have you got any more quotes? No, I'm done. Yeah. Excellent. No, no, I'm done. I think we covered a bit of an eclectic mix of business and, <laughs> and Madonna to Gandhi to Hubert Reeves, whoever he is. You can't say that we don't give you a good... <laughs> A wide spectrum of knowledge on this podcast. That's one thing. We're never we're never short of um interesting things to talk about. I'm surprised we didn't cover some quotes from like Jurassic Park or something. Like Jeff Goldblum, life will find a way. <laughs> yes. Oh god, yes. Um, we're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah, that's good. Is that for the commune? Is that to get there? Yeah. That was maybe the commune when it when it takes off. Like I don't know whether the stupid person commune is going to take off or the, the other person commune is going to take off, but we're maybe going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. Right, listeners, thanks for joining us on that random boat ride through quartz. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, listeners. And again, you can find us on Audible, on iTunes, on Spotify. We release every Monday and um yeah, and on my website, www.organicpillarise.co.uk. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again soon. Bye.